Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Gavin Spittle of The Fan, and I'm joined by EP Ringside, Shap Shots, D Magazines, and more, Sean Shapiro. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's a Monday. I've already watched a full hockey game, actually. Yes. I was, uh, I was over down at the uh, USA USA Hockey uh, Tier uh, 14, 14 and Under Tier 1 National Championships. I was helping out uh, a freelance project. I was helping out cover that today. So I was over there and uh, so I already watched a good, really, actually really good game, 2-1 game. Um, and uh Watched a team from Buffalo beat the team from Chicago two to one to to win the national title, and uh, man, I, there's something that I just I'm watching it, and there's a takeaway that I really uh, I had forgotten they'd done it because we saw I I feel like I known but I hadn't until you witnessed it in mm-hmm. person is, um, for USA Hockey this year they made a rule change for some of the younger age groups where you can no longer um, you can no longer ice the puck when you're on the penalty kill. So when you're on the penalty kill and you ice the puck, it's just like you ice the puck on five on five. It's a face off in your defensive zone. And I think it's, it's great. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I, you see them, you see this in person and I, and you think about the NHL and you think about how often NHL power plays are NHL penalty kill. The entire essence is win the puck and ice the puck away and just kill time. Like, the fact adding a rule where you can't ice the puck, you have to either gain the red line to ice the puck like you do at five on to 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 get the puck down like you do at five on five. I, I love the concept of you broke one rule so you don't have so you broke like right now it's such a silly it's in the NHL right you break one rule and you lose and a guy goes to the box but you now get permission to break another rule and you get to yeah. ice the puck so. I, I love it. I, it. To me, I think it's a rule that would be great mm. for the NHL long term. I know one of the initial like things is going to be um, one of the initial responses is going to be that adds more whistles, and and I I think those whistles are an okay trade off. Where I'd rather have, say, the Dallas Stars go on the power play. Do you want to lose thirty to forty five seconds of offensive time when of regrouping or? And we just go straight to offensive action. I'm willing to trade a couple more whistles for for that and making teams think a little bit more about trying to get the puck out of the zone. And like I'm uh so seeing this idea in person, it's always been one that I've always liked in theory, but seeing it in person, I really uh I'm all aboard making bringing this to the NHL at some point where you're on the penalty kill, it's just like five on five. You can't ice the puck. You ice the puck, there's a defensive zone face off. Do you th- I mean, how difficult would that be, though, as, you know, you're minus a player in the NHL and you have to carry it out to the red line. That's tough. No, it's you, you want ways to add offense. No, that would change. definitely add offense yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you, you, you want ways to add offense and you want ways to create. Um, and, and I think it starts, it starts, it puts, it allows the game to evolve, too, where, you, uh, you it might it would be a way to get some of your better players on the ice more often. Like right now, you have a lot of the times you'll have guys who are penalty killers who they're essentially penalty killers because they're they don't even they don't have to be that mobile. They don't really have to be fast, but they're able to kill space and ice the puck. 
you'd have to use some of your better players. You'd have to use some of your better skaters on the penalty kill. And I think it's a way where you could get more ice time for more of your players. Uh, for, for Like fans would get to see some of the bigger names more often naturally. I think it would come up that way as well. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm all aboard this idea. I was talking to someone on the phone on the ride back who uh, has a, uh, who, who covers the AHL and he was all aboard on the idea of uh, testing it in the AHL for first and seeing how it works. And I, I would love to see that because I think this is a simple fix that doesn't, uh, that doesn't really change the fabric of the game, the way some other things that way some other rule changes. Like I've never been a fan. People are like, like sometimes you hear like, Oh, we want bigger nets. I, I don't like that one. Like there's sometimes yeah. there's some, there's sometimes things where there's certain things that, change the fabric of the game too much. I think this is for me, a, it's a minor fix. Um, it's a, it's a minor tweak that doesn't change. The only person it'll, it'll be weird. The first couple times you see a team ice the puck and first couple times you see, see a team ice the puck and then they, uh, on the, but then they have to go to a defensive zone face off. It'll be weird the first couple times, but after that, it'll feel normal. So, well, I've I'm, often uh, I've often said, yeah. even though going down, usually if a team is down, they'll pull their goalie, so it becomes a six on four. But to mm-hmm. me, in the final moments of a game, you have the advantage. Other than you know, I mean, because what do teams do inevitably? They're trying to clear it out of the zone. You know, when oh, well, when time's yeah. winding down and you're you know, We've you're winning that. the game. So, I mean, you know, it's almost a, sometimes like, you know, there's a minute and a half left, let's say, and uh, the Stars take a penalty. So, okay. you know, it, it's it's not good that you're now six and four, but it is good that you can just totally ice the puck at any time. Yeah, it, I mean, I know, for example, um, I've played in, when I played games that not actually mattered, but like I've played, obviously, I still play the, the play the beer league game on Wednesday nights but uh even when I still when I was still playing high school hockey and stuff like that in a close game late and there's less than a minute left or something like that we had coaches who were willingly who gave the full green light to be like hey don't be afraid to take a penalty to prevent a chance in the last minute because the game's going to end in a minute either way and then all we have to worry about is icing the puck. So I, it, it would definitely, it would, it would make the end of game situation better too with a power play where like, imagine like the stars, like the stars tonight, right? Imagine, imagine the game goes, imagine it's a three, two game late in the game and the stars have a power play and they're trying to come back in the game. Right. And there's a power play and, and Nashville takes a penalty with a minute left. Nashville's just going to try to ice the puck and kill the clock. All of a sudden, if you can't ice the puck and you have to, and it leads to offensive zone faceoffs, you're just going to keep having more and more drama pumped into it naturally by the situation. Like, I, I think it's, I think it can be, a, I'd love to see it tested, obviously by the AHL and the ECHL first, but I, I, I'd like to see it. Kind of, kind of fascinating. Do at that level, 14U, do they have the, probably more of a Canadian thing, but do they have a stop on the back of their jerseys or cross-checking? Uh, uh, I did not see the stop Yeah, I think on it's a Canadian thing, it. but I've always been in favor of that, especially for yeah, U18, you know? I mean, we just see it yeah. so much in the NHL now, um, yeah. you know, and I, these guys are professionals. I know what they're doing, but, you know, with concussions and stuff, that's just such a vulnerable position. 
Um, you know, over the over the weekend, uh, I just seen it a couple of times, and I'm like, wow, that seemed uh, senseless. But the news of the day, and it's big, and you were all over it um, with the tweet that Thomas Harley is being recalled from Texas, and he's actually in the lineup tonight. So give us a little detail on why you feel this is happening, and I have a twist that I'm going to throw you after that. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, we kind of knew this would happen at some, we I, we always kind of feel this would happen at some point where, um, that at some point Thomas Harley would play in the NHL this season. I think, honestly, it would have come, I thought it was going to come earlier in the season because I thought the star, I didn't think the stars would be as healthy as they have been defensively. Um, and essentially, the stars kind of went into this season, a lot of that thinking where they wanted Thomas Harley to play as many minutes as possible to kind of get him going and, and and have his best possible development. And the stars never really got hurt on defense and never had a force had a, were never really forced to call him up. Now it's gotten to this place where you look at kind of, there's been some questions of how things have gone defensively lately and, and trying to find some solutions. And it's, the Thomas Harley scenario has moved beyond the best development for Thomas Harley conversation to what's the best chance to win for the Dallas stars. And that is where we're at now in the Thomas Harley situation. And that's the reason the stars recalled Thomas Harley today. They're at the spot where they want to have the best six defensemen ready for game one of the playoffs against the let's against likely against possibly it could be Colorado. Yeah. It could be Colorado. It could yep. be like they want they want to have the best six defensemen ready for that. And Thomas Harley may be one of those best six. Um and so he's in tonight. It's not an emergency recall. You got two healthy scratches on defense, Joel Hanley and, and Nils Lundquist. And uh it's uh it's not Thomas Harley's NHL debut. He's he's played NHL games before. Um but this season in Texas was all about was really all about him taking the next step. And I've got I went and pulled well, this is loading. I went and pulled some numbers out of curiosity for uh I should be pulling. I attempted to pull numbers. They're loading here of, of what Thomas Harley has done this season with the Texas Stars. And He's played 57 games with them. He's got 28 points. He's playing in all situations. He is averaging, he's averaged down there. Um, where is it? He's averaging 20 minutes, 57 seconds a game. He's averaging, he's, he's getting time on the penalty kill and the power play. Uh, he's doing a little bit of everything down there. And for Dallas, the question is, if you're going to win the Stanley cup, you have to use your best six defenseman is Thomas Harley in your best six. I think he's going to get that chance. Now he's going to get that chance to prove over at least the next couple games that he could be in for the playoffs. That's all great. It is wonderful news. The thing and the debate that is going to uh, lay up on that is, that is yep. definitely going to rile people up on Twitter. Yep. I'm ready. <laughs> and we've, and ready. we've talked about this before. Ryan Suter ain't getting scratched, people. Yeah, not only that, he moved up to the first line. <laughs> All signs in practice today is that Ryan Suter is your first line pair with Miro Heiskanen. 
Essa Lindell yes. with Yanni Hockenpah, Thomas Harley with Colin Miller. So as you mentioned, yes. Hanley and Lundquist out, Frederick Olofsson in for Joel Iviranta. So, yeah. so that, that's uh, it is it is not a it is a Thomas Harley is not coming in for Ryan Suter. He's so, coming in for Nils Lundqvist and Joel Hamley. And I understand that I understand where people come from when they get frustrated with Ryan Suter's usage. Um, I actually think like personally, I think I, I don't like Ryan Suter on the top pair with Miro Heiskanen. I, I really don't like that. Um, now. I Ryan Suter is from the stars management perspective. Ryan Suter is not a problem. Ryan Suter is a veteran who they want out there and in, in playing in key moments and he's not going anywhere. So you people have to accept that this season, Ryan Suter is a fact of life for the Dallas stars. Yeah, absolutely. Same, so same thing with the, yeah, same thing with Yanni Hockenpah yeah. too, who also has not had, who has been, who has not had the greatest of years either. So it's it's really it's really an unfortunate pick your poison type moment for stars right. fans of like you you want to see Thomas Harley play and you're excited about it but Nils Lundqvist is scratched he's not going to play and Nils Lundqvist also is no longer waiver exempt so Nils Lundqvist can't go to the AHL to play so this is where he is so. yeah yeah no I know there's nothing nothing we can do and they're all under contract for next season so if you let's just say get rid of Ryan Suter okay. You have to, you'd have to buy him out essentially, because I don't know if teams are going to take on that contract, you know, for a player like that, unless there's something, unless there's something juicy that's included with it. No, no one's taking the Ryan Suter contract. The only, the only way you can trade Ryan Suter is if you can get a team to retain salary. If if you're going to have to a retain salary on him, and b you're going to have to often a sweetener. Like you're going to have to give. You're going to have to give the Arizona Coyotes or the Anaheim Ducks someone or someone did. like that. Someone you're going to have to give them a, a, a pick. Yep. That is going to that is going to hurt. Yep. And here's here's the other thing. Let's just be clear on this. Ryan Suter has a full no move clause through 2025. Yes. You can't trade him. Exactly. He is he is immovable. The only you can buy him out, and that is. We can play around with that literally wonderful. We have these cap friendly. So, has yeah. These, so uh, while you, while you do yeah. the buyout, I'm going to throw yeah. this out. 